But we won't know for seven plus 13.8 minutes whether the lander has arrived safely and undamaged or has been crippled, smashed, or irretrievably destroyed on landing. The control room is packed with team members anxiously huddled at their displays, watching for any sign that something is amiss. Around the world, people are crowded around television sets as NASA runs animated video of what is happening— or at least what we hope is happening. Times Square in New York is packed with people staring at the giant Jumbotron, where images of the action are on view. It doesn't help that on these missions to Mars, we send our payloads skyward while still holding in our hands long to-do lists of essential efforts not yet tackled. Odd as it must sound, these lists always include some head-scratchers, items in the How the hell can we possibly do this? Category. We're using a radical new landing design that has never been fully tested, because no tests on Earth can show how the design would fare on Mars. The needed actions are encoded in half a million lines of computer code, and there is zero margin of error. If the landing isn't successful, or the project comes to an early demise, we will spend months analyzing the failure to glean the lessons. But there will be those at high levels in government, along with prominent members of Congress, who will loudly lament that we should give up efforts to explore Mars and instead focus on other goals in space. Every person in the control room knows some of the many ways our novel, intricate, never-fully-tested lander could fail— We all know the score for Mars missions so far is daunting. Of the 39 spacecraft sent to Mars, whether they were designed to fly past, to land, or to go into orbit, only 19 so far have succeeded. Three of the successful missions were Soviet spacecraft, one was from the European Space Agency, and the rest were from the U.S. The only other attempts to join this exclusive club have been by Japan, with a 1998 effort that failed, and India launching as I write this in early 2014. So the score is Home Team 19, Mars 20. That does not lend much confidence to the people who struggle to create missions like this one. None of us wants to think of that on this night. Certainly none of us wants to think what it would mean for the Mars exploration program if we fail. So we sit there, watching and waiting. It's a surreal sometimes scary experience. Science team members from around the world, gathered in front of a giant screen in another building, take turns racing over to say hello and race back to be certain they don't miss anything. Here in the control room, the peanuts are being passed around again, a tradition for these sessions when one of our spacecraft is arriving at its destination. A few of us, including me, are looking a little green from meeting too many out of anxiety. Another tradition, taken care of a little while ago, is the wake-up song, played about an hour before landing. Today it's Frank Sinatra crooning, all or nothing at all. Keith Como, selected to be the flight director for the evening, will be working his way through the long checklist. Although by now the spacecraft is being directed by its own computer, no longer receiving commands from Earth, there are still many things to check and double-check, If something runs amiss in the next few hours or so before landing, Keith has a pile of contingency procedure documents that he can pull out and begin calling orders. Each team member sits at his or her own display terminal 
and I have, in addition, my own laptop containing detailed contingency plans for a bad day. If the worst should happen after landing, all eyes will turn to me, and I'll start calling meetings and kick-starting analyses in the desperate hope that a bad situation can be corrected. This is a position I fervently did not want to find myself in. We won't know of a problem until that 13.8 minutes after the bad has started. Any remedy I offered would take at least the same amount of time to transmit back to the lander, and by then it would probably be too late. The single most challenging part of putting the rover on Mars, known in our business as EDL for Entry, Descent, and Landing, is now taking place. Hundreds of people have worked on this one process. Computer simulations flashing on the screen follow the data flowing from the lander. The stream of events that is the whole...